I think we'll drop back 20 and punt here, Matthew. Oh, yeah. I had something prepared here, but uh, I want to, I'd like to talk to you tonight on, on what constitutes a great church service. What, what is necessary in order to, to have a good church service? And um, I think probably the best way to begin is with a verse that says, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And so um, when you study Moses and uh, that tabernacle plan, the Bible said it was uh, a model of what was in heaven. And uh, whatever's going on around the throne ought to go on here. I will be done in Sterling Heights as it is in the New Jerusalem. And so, some of this is conjecture on my part. It's, I, I think it's very, very probable. I, uh, I can't prove it. But based on what information I have available, I'm I, I got a really good chance at being accurate. There's a, there's a word that, that has so many different meanings. Angel. There are beings in the word that are referred to as angels. Then I, I've heard people talk about Michael the archangel. But if you read it, it's not ark, it's arch, archangel. Just like in some religious organizations, there's a bishop and above him is an archbishop. It appears that there were angels and uh, there are archangels. There are beings referred to as cherubims. One time and only once in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, it refers to seraphims. And um, all we can really discover about that is it said they were the angels that were above. But when I look at that word archangel, we know that there, there seems to be three, I guess I would call them archangels, three supreme beings that play a very uh, definite, larger role in the word. One, of course, would be Michael. That's the one that's Michael, the archangel, withstood him, the Bible talks about that. Um, There is another one by the name of Gabriel. And there is the obvious one, Lucifer. When you study the book of Revelation in chapter 12, it talks about the fall of Satan. He's given many names there, but it talks about a dragon that fell. And then it gives you all of these synonymous phrases for the dragon. And um, 
It says that the dragon's tail drew a third part of the stars with him. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 20, it said the stars are the angels. Since it seems very obvious that's talking about the fall or when Satan was demoted and basically cast out. Every, when you study um, Jonah, Jonah just kept going down. The Bible said he went down to Joppa. And then it's, it, it didn't just say he got in a boat. He went down in the bottom of the boat. And then he was swallowed up by a fish and went down into the depths of the sea. I've heard all these stories about Jonah swimming in that fish and pulling the seaweed away and all the debris that was in there. I, I, I don't buy into that. I, the, Jesus said, as Jonah was three days in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be three days in the heart of the earth. I personally believe Jonah died. I, I think that fish swallowed him and the dude died. And, uh, and he was miraculously resuscitated because he was an Old Testament type and picture of the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now again, I can't prove that, but that's personally the way I view that. He just kept going down, down, down. If you, if you study Satan, it is a, there's a, a, a great place in, in the book of Isaiah, probably off the top of my head, chapter 28, and he said, I will be like the Most High. And he said, I will ascend. And then he said, I will dwell on the sides of the north. I don't know what that means. This is my personal experience. I've, I've lived in quite a few cities uh, before we got here. Um, we lived in Atlanta right before we came here. We used to have an apartment in uh, St. Louis. Um, I, I've been to pretty much every major city in, in the United States. I've been to a lot of, of the larger cities in some foreign countries. Now, I'm sure there are exceptions to this, but it is my personal experience that the north side of town is always the better part of town. It just... It's, it's just always that way. Uh, I went to school in Houston, Texas. And if you know Houston, when you get into spring, that northern part of the city, it's pretty amazing. You get to Atlanta and you deal with the north part of the city. When I look at Detroit and the northern suburbs, St. Louis is that way. Indianapolis is that way. There, there's, there's a scripture in the Psalms that says, joyful situ for every situation is Zion that dwells on the sides of the north. <laughs> New Jerusalem, it's, in, in your Bible, it says it has 12 uh, foundations. 
But when you really think of it, that's, that's pretty hard to do, to have 12 actual foundations. In the original language, it's clearer. It said there are 12 floors, 12 levels in the New Jerusalem. It's very possible the New Jerusalem's got a penthouse. <laughs> it's, it's very possible that, uh, I mean, it's going to be great just to make it, okay? But let's face it, there are people that have served the Lord with much more integrity than I have. And they've accomplished much more for the Lord than I ever have in my life. The Bible talks about different kinds of crowns and rewards that are given. But when you study that word Zion, Zion is always intrigued to me because there's, there's the comparison in the book of Hebrews of two mountains. It says in chapter 12 of Hebrews, we are not come unto the mount that burn with fire, nor blackness, nor darkness, nor tempest, or strong wind. But we are come unto Mount Zion. And it gives you all of these synonymous phrases. Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, the general assembly and church of the firstborn, the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of, of, uh, of, of Abel. Um, spirits of just men made perfect. Innumerable company of angels. I am convinced that that description in Hebrews chapter 12 is the church. I think the church is Zion. I think the church is the heavenly Jerusalem. And uh, if I asked you today, do we have access to the blood of Jesus Christ? Of course. It says it speaks better things than, the, than that of Abel. Abel's blood obviously had a voice because his brother said, his blood is crying to me out of the ground. And uh, it is, again, my personal approach to it. I think Abel's blood said, avenge me, avenge me, avenge me. First murder in the Bible was, was fratricide. First murder in the Bible was a brother killing another brother. But the blood of Jesus speaks and says something better than Abel's blood. I think Abel's blood said, avenge me. I think the blood of Jesus says, forgive me. It's something better. Do we have access to angels today? I, I believe we do. I've had told you stories in the past, encounters that have happened to me through my life. I, I truly believe that, that there is an angel that has watched over me ever since I've been a little boy. And um, I, I think we're Zion. And when you study that scripture that says Zion is going to dwell on the sides of the north, <laughs> it looks to me like everything that Lucifer wanted you and I get. He said, I will be like the Most High. Well, this is what the Bible says. Beloved, 
It said, uh, there's just some things right now that aren't obvious. But it said, when he shall appear, beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. David one time said, I will not be content until I arise in his likeness. I remember on my, on my 50th birthday, I called uh, Brother Tenney, who was such a strong voice in my life, and I had such respect and reverence for that, that man and his ministry. And, and, and I, 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 I said, Brother Tenney, I, I need a little help here right now. I said, I'm, I'm 50 years old. I, I, I have a, a, a wonderful wife. I, I've got two healthy children. I, uh, I, I, I pastor a church that a lot of men would give body parts to pastor. I, I, I live in a nice house. I, 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 I drive a nice vehicle. Um, but I'm not, I'm not fulfilled. And, and I'm, I feel guilty that I'm not fulfilled. I'm on, it's my 50th birthday. I, I ought to be ecstatic about what I have, but I'm not. And he said, thank God. <laughs> he said, Harold, don't you get it? He said, if the things of this world could satisfy us, there'd be no desire to ever be with him. There'd be no desire, there'd be no need for the new Jerusalem. He said, there's always going to be a void in your spirit that you're never going to know complete and total satisfaction until what David said, when I am arised in his likeness. And uh, that helped me. That helped me because I didn't want to be ungrateful for what I had, but realized that there was a desire in my spirit for something more than just what this world has to offer. And I, I am convinced we're going to be like him. Lucifer wanted to be. You and I get to be. He said, I will ascend. Every time I read in the Bible, he just keeps going. He's like Jonah. He just keeps going down. You know, he's been cast to the earth. One, the scripture said he's going to be bound with chains and cast into a bottomless pit. It just, boom, boom, you just keep getting demoted. And, and we're the ones that in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live in the northern suburbs. I don't think so. It looks to me like he got booted out. It appears to me that Zion is going to dwell on the sides of the north. Everything that he wanted, you and I get. It's just another reason why he hates you so much. How many times have you sinned? This week? Today? Wonderful time up here before we, I'm speaking. Not just a time of worship, but to some it was a time of repentance. 
There are people in this room right now that have done something really stupid since Monday night prayer. Me. How frustrated Satan has to be that he says, Harold's done dumb stuff since Monday night prayer and you forgave him. I, I, I get full of pride one time and you boot me out and I don't ever get a chance to repent. How would you like to be a devil knowing you backed the wrong horse? Knowing. They, it, it, it's, in, it's repeatedly in the scripture. Have you come to torment us before our time? They know they're going to be tormented. And that's why I'm convinced they understand unity better than the church understands unity. Because they understand their only hope is to stick together. It's like Benjamin Franklin said when they signed the Declaration of Independence. Gentlemen, we better hang together. Because if we don't hang together, I promise you we're going to hang separately. And I, I think that's one reason I, 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 don't, I don't want to get sidetracked with this, but look at our stance on modesty. Look, look, look how hard our women get attacked by, by so many different voices and, and venues to, to try and minimize that and make it. I am convinced Satan understands stuff about that that we don't understand. Because when you deal with a woman, it all comes back to submission. And it, and it drives him absolutely crazy. I, 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 I am convinced Lucifer is an archangel. Michael is an archangel. Gabriel's an archangel. Every time you read about Michael, there's at least four places in the Bible where he's mentioned. Every time he's mentioned, he's fighting something. The, the, the great example, of course, is in the book of Daniel, when Daniel said, I set myself to fast and pray. And he said, I, I, I did it for three weeks. He said, after three weeks, Gabriel came to me, which I think is the third archangel. And he, every time you read about Gabriel in the Bible, he's got something to say. He's, it's bringing a message. Gabriel told Daniel, from the first day that you set yourself to fast and pray, I was sent with your answer. However, the prince of Persia withstood me and obviously would have kept him away until he said Michael came and fought with the prince of Persia and obviously I was able to run around that battle and here I am with you. When you go back to the beginning, it's not just the Garden of Eden. It's the Garden in Eden. That Eden is a big place. And it doesn't keep that name for long. After just a few chapters, it's known as the Plains of Shinar. It's the same piece of real estate. It's on the plains of Shinar that the Tower of Babel was being built. There's a lot of difference, ladies and gentlemen, between the spirit of unity and the unity of the spirit. Football teams 
have a spirit of unity. But that doesn't mean God's there. That's the first skyscraper in the history of the world. They would have built that dude. their, their, Their hearts were one. They had unity. There was no God there. But they were together. That's why there's a difference between the spirit of unity and the unity that only comes from the spirit. That's what Paul refers to in the book of Ephesians. The unity of the spirit. That's why in in, in the book of Acts, it said they were all gathered together. They were all in one place, in one accord. It's not just everybody in the same room, but everybody who was in that room had the same heart. That's the unity of the spirit. That's not just crowding a bunch of bodies into the same geographical location. And... God confused their tongues. Guy asked for bricks, and all of a sudden, the dude only understands Japanese. You know, somebody's asking for mortar and whatever, Babylonian, and this guy only, he only knows Spanish. (laughs) The University of Michigan has one of the most respected language schools in the world. All of them agree that you can trace all languages back to three dialects. When you take about that flood and you talk about Noah's boys, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, it, it lines up with the word. I, I, I don't want to get distracted with this, but I, I found something that just staggered me a week ago. That when they went to the moon... One of the things that they desperately wanted was moon rocks. It's an interesting study because a lot of those moon rocks have disappeared. They don't know where they are. It's just whatever, souvenir hunters, guys in the lab just sticking one in their pocket. Guess what I got, you know? Here's what's going to disappoint them. The first rock that they picked up off of the moon. So ecstatic. We got a moon rock. When they brought it back and they did the scientific analysis of it, guess what? It didn't come from the moon. It came from here. It came from the earth. Did you ever look at the moon? It looks like it's got acne. I mean, it's just bad, pockmarked. None of that's happened since we've been looking at it. Galileo did that hundreds and hundreds of years ago, but we, we, we don't have any evidence of any new craters being made on the moon. Where did they come from? Do you know there's a scripture that said the fountains of the deep broke up? That when that flood happened, it wasn't just rain coming down. Something like volcanoes exploded out of this planet. (laughs) It is very possible that when that thing went boom, 
it's just like a shotgun that literally sent things all the way to the moon. And all these years later, God picked it up and said, guess what I got? Something that I could have found down six blocks from my house. You know? Fascinating stuff. I think when it says we look through a glass darkly, but then we will know as we are known. <laughs> as much as he knows about us now, we're going to understand then. Man, I got lots of questions. I got lots of things I want to understand. Because here's the deal. If it's not in the word, and if God doesn't reveal it to you by his spirit, you're going to be left with a why. Twenty-nine times in the book of Psalms, David asked God, why? It says in the book of Acts, he was a man after God's own heart. <laughs> I don't know if he ever caught up. I don't think he did in this life. I think there are going to be whys in every one of our lives. And it's just another reason why you want to be faithful. Because there is a day when you're going to know as much about him as he knows about you. We shall be known as we are known. Or we'll know as we're known. That excites me. I've always been an interrogative kid. Always been a, why? Man, have I gotten in trouble a lot of times in my life wondering why? We never had a lot of good answers sometimes. And when a smart, we're not smart, really a smart aleck like me said why, people got intimidated, thought I had a bad attitude. I didn't. I just wanted to know why. Our young people today, they're going to ask, why, why do we do this? We need to have a good explanation. We need to be able to explain to them, this is why we do this. It's what I'm trying to do right now. How do you have a good service? How do you have, say, where are you going with this, Brother Altman? I, I, I'm convinced that in the original heaven, there were angels and there were archangels. It is, if I take it like that, and when Lucifer fell, he took his third with him, then it's highly probable that Lucifer was an archangel over a third. Therefore, since the law of the Lord is perfect, it's very possible Michael has a third. And Gabriel has a third. What, what, when, you, when you study Lucifer, the being that we refer to as Satan now, old brother Barnes in Louisiana who died several years ago would never call him either. He just always referred to him as that old boy. He refused to even give him any kind of recognition whatsoever. <laughs> I... I, do you understand why, if you're here and you have a gift for music or for singing, when, when it talks about his, his tabrets and his pipes, it's really all he's got left. You know, what's Satan look like? Got a red union suit? 
Got a bifurcated tail. Got a pitchfork. Got horns. I really wish he looked like that. I, re I really wish that he was absolutely terrifying to look at. But that's not the case. He still possesses this wonderful set of pipes. This very seductive voice. It's, I, I, I've heard people say, you know, that when Jesus was born, the angels sang. It doesn't say that in the Bible. It said, and the angels said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. I, I'm, I, I really believe Satan had a lot to do with worship. And had a lot to do with music. I, I've said for years, there's, with the exception of the Spirit of the Lord, there's only one thing on this planet that didn't come from here. It came from somewhere else, and that's music. Music's a heaven thing. It has such a power and a sway. With our young people, <laughs> you, you want to talk about the power of music. Man, there's a, it's an amazing force. I think when Satan left and took his third with him, I think he took what we would call the choir. I think he took the praise team with him when he left. I think that has now been replaced by the church. I think it will be ultimately replaced when it says that when the church gets there, it says, and they sang a new song. It's not the angels, that's the church singing that new song. No wonder Satan hates worship, singers, songwriters. I, I, I could click them off right now, but I'm not going to because this, this, I have no idea who I'm talking to right now and how far this thing will actually go. But I challenged Draylon and some of his pals and cohorts several months ago, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, but just challenging them, for goodness sakes, now that you guys are starting to get a full head of steam, and now you're starting to travel and be known and get well-known in various venues and other parts of the country, would you please make a promise and a consecration to the Lord? that you won't let this stupid thing go to your head and you walk away from Pentecost to, to, to chase the lost coin. And, and, and I, I want you to pray. Draylon is playing a role in it, and I'm so proud of him. He's going Friday to start six different cities all across this country. You need to be holding him up. Amen. Again and again and again. Thousands, thousands of people are going to come to hear him sing and hear him magnify God. And, and what we want is our own label. That's what we want. We want an apostolic label. We don't, we don't want to go outside of the movement, amen, to produce our own music and sell our souls to God knows what. We want consecrated young men and young women and they don't just all have to be young, but songwriters, gospel songwriters and singers and musicians to be able to record on our own label 
Amen. So that we can not just enrich their lives, but make money for the kingdom. There are people, thank goodness, and we're getting more of them, who have a gift to make money. And if your barn's full, great. I'm happy for you. But don't build a big barn after this one's full. Don't tear this one down a big and build, build another one. Be grateful for what you have and help us, help us build the kingdom. All right? It's just, we, in this local church, we're going to build something out here in the next couple of years. You know, it'll be millions and millions of dollars. And that ought to just absolutely terrify me. But I was going over some notes today about what happened when, when this building happened. And, and it just, it gave me strength and it gave me faith for, because I, I believe it's time to do that. I really do. And, and, and it, it, it's, going to, it's going to be a great ride. It's going to, it's going to be, we're going to have stories that are, that are just going to be absolutely amazing. And, and, and I'm so looking forward to that. But it's just, there are just people, these young people going to college. We're dealing with something right now we haven't always dealt with, and that's an educated pew. These, today, uh, a bachelor degree is like a high school diploma was in my day. And it's just, these kids are getting educated, and, and they're able to make money. And I'm glad that they do. But I want them to understand to whom much is given, much is required. So I want you to put some in your pocket, but I want you, I'm just telling, I'm coming after you. I want you to help us further the kingdom, not only just locally here, but globally. Because when it's all said and done, and we're gone, <laughs> and the Lord calls us home, who's going to get it? Just a bunch of spoiled kids? In the Jewish world, they never leave their money to their kids. They'll leave them the business. Say, I made money off this business. Now you can make your own money off of this business, but I'm not giving you the money that I made. I'm going to give it to charities and I'm going to give it to things, you know, that they, they look at because they are, they've seen too many families destroyed because you just bury kids in money that they didn't earn. It's not real money. It's just talking to you about some very practical things right now. But it's just, look, look what it says in the, it's, it's Psalms 19. It doesn't say heaven. It said the heavens, plural. The heavens declare his glory. Paul, in 2 Corinthians 12, said, I knew a guy. What is it, was it 15 or 18 years ago? I forget how many, how many years ago was that. I knew a man. I, I, I thought it was 15. Huh? 14. Okay, that's somewhere between 13 and 15. We're good. I knew a man that was in Christ. It was a little over 14 years ago. He said, but then he, then he, then he said, it was me. He said, I don't know if I was in the body or out of the body. Now, again, here we go. I, I think if we had the ability to be able to do the chronology, I'm, I'm convinced this is Lystra. I'm convinced this is where Paul was stoned at Lystra. And whether he was dead or not, those men in that city were convinced he was dead. And he crawled out of that rock pile. And you think of it in the book of Acts. It's all written by Luke. And does, does, I don't even know if he mentions himself in the book of Acts. But he's there. And you, you look at the writings of Paul and he said, uh, five times of the, of the Jews, of the Jews, 
receive thy 40 stripes, save one. So that's 195 scars on his back. 195. He said, I, I, I've, I've been in shipwrecks. One time, I, 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 a night and a day, I have spent floating, treading water. He said, I, I, I've been in hungerings, which meant I wanted to eat, but there wasn't anything to eat. And I've been in fastings, which I could have eaten, but I chose not to eat. He said, I've been in perils among my, my brethren. I, I've been in perils in the city and in the suburbs. I, 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 he goes on and on and on and on. No wonder he's got his own doctor with him. <laughs> this guy's busted up. And I, I, I painted yesterday with Brother Blasick. When I got out of bed this morning, I felt like I was 200 years old. I, I dread falling right now. I just do. I don't get up fast when I fall now. It hurts. I have no idea what it feels like to get stoned. <laughs> Man! But according to the word, the next day, Paul got up and said, you know, I, I, I don't think Derby has a church. Let's go to Derby. And Barnabas is going, what? And they walk 18 miles from Lystra to Derby to start another church the day after he got stoned. They built a church in Derby, and Paul finally tells Barnabas, you know, I think it's time to go home. Barnabas is going, it's about time. I, we'll get a boat down here. We'll go straight across. We'll, we'll, we'll be in Jerusalem two days tops. He said, no, no, no. We're going to backtrack and we're going to trace our steps, retrace our steps. And we're going back to every city to strengthen the churches that we've already started, which means the very first place you've got to go after Derby is back to Lystra. And when he walks in, these people are startled. But, but that's not the payoff. The payoff is this guy that, that, that's there by, by, by the name of Timothy that sees this man that they gave up for dead walk back into that city and nobody wants anything to do with him. That's when he decided, that's the guy I want to join up with. That's the guy I want to be a part of. And Timothy became a protege of the Apostle Paul and had the wonderful distinction of, of having these two, the last two books Paul ever wrote, written to this young preacher that he would have never, ever had in his entourage if he wouldn't have had the courage to go back to the very place where they tried to kill him. I, I think this is what he's talking about. I don't know if I was dead or alive, but I do know this. I was caught up to the third heaven. And he said, I saw things I'm not even allowed to repeat. Now, John said a lot of stuff. Now, John might have said the stuff, Paul, but I don't think so. It looks like there's something more. There's stuff we're not aware of. It makes perfect sense. The heavens, plural, declare the glory of God. The third heaven. Reason dictates if there's a third heaven, there has to be a second heaven, and there has to be a first heaven. 
And when you read the book of Genesis, he talked about a firmament, a space between the water that was on the planet and the water that was in the clouds. And it said he called that firmament heaven. I think the first heaven is the atmosphere around this planet. I think the third heaven is what we would call the, the New Jerusalem, where the throne of Jesus Christ himself is right now. But between that and here, there's a second heaven. I, I, when, 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 whenever spaceships come back, there's a, there's a hole. Off the top of my head, it's 18 miles square. That when, 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 when spaceships break the bonds of our, our, our gravity and, and go into what we would call space, in order to come back, they've got to hit this hole. And if they don't hit that hole just right, it will glance off of that thing. That's how distinct the atmosphere around our earth really is. And, 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 and there's a second heaven. I think that's where the stars live. I think that's where the planets are. So the, 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 first, the first heaven is where the, the birds fly and, and planes fly. The second heaven are where the stars are. The third heaven is the throne of the Lord himself. So the first heaven you see by day. The second heaven you see by night. The third heaven you see by faith. And I'm convinced there are heavens. And I think that's what we're talking about here. Because when Jesus gave Peter the keys, he said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. If there's only one heaven, and that heaven is around the throne of the... Then why? There's no need of anything being bound there, or anything being loose there. There's obviously a space between where you and I are, and where the Lord's throne is. And that's why he gave Peter authority. You bind something here... We'll bind it there. You lose something here, we'll lose it there. If Peter would have been back there, Daniel would have had his answer on the first day. You see, but that wasn't had, those keys had not been given until Peter was given the keys of the kingdom. Not the keys to the kingdom, the keys of the kingdom. This, 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 I, I hate keys. I have a truck key, I have a car key, I have a house key, I have a church key. This is it. This, there's, there, 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 I forget how many doors are in this building. It's dozens and dozens of them. There, there, there's, there's, there's a key called a master. But there's, there's these. There's just a couple of these. These are called grandmasters. You, you, they're computer generated. You just can't take these down to Home Depot and they pull, spit one of these out. Thank goodness. And, uh, because keys in church walk. Trust me, they get legs. And that's why in the new building, everything will be keypads and fobs. And it'll be so much better than what we've had to deal with over there. Jesus did not say, I'm going to give you the key to the... It'd be to say, I'm going to give you the key to the front door of the church. This key opens every door in this entire building. When he gave Peter the keys of the kingdom, it wasn't just to open up the door to get into thing. It was to open up every door inside of that particular venue I, I think there's five keys, you know, I, I really do. I think he gave Peter three. I think he gave Peter the keys to the Jews, to the Samaritans, to the Gentiles. But Jesus kept two keys. He said, I have the keys of death and hell. I'm not giving them to you. So don't you ever say they're going to hell. You don't have that key. You don't have the ability to send somebody to hell. 
That's not your job to send anybody to hell. We got to be like Peter. We got more than enough work to do opening up doors of revival and healing and wholeness and holiness and blessing to people. You keep, you, you, you let them angels figure out what the tears are at the end. Let's you and I just keep throwing out that net and try to have a harvest. That's what's important. I, so I, I'm convinced there are heavens and there are archangels. And when Lucifer fell, heaven lost her choir. And I think she's going to get her back when the church say, how, do, how are you putting all this together, Brother Hoffman? Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Look at the original heaven. First, first of all, you got, you got, you, you, you got Lucifer. Let, let, let's call him the worship, the worship angel, okay? Let, let, let's, let's call him the choir director. The word, and then you've got, you've got Gabriel. He's a, he's a message angel. And then you've got Michael. He's a warrior angel. I, when I, I went to a wonderful high school and, and I had a wonderful chemistry professor that, 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 was, that, that taught at the college but would come to teach at our school. And, and, and his name was Gary Gorby. And, 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 and he, was, he was a nerd. And, 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 but he knew that chemistry stuff, man. And, and, and somehow there was just a couple of us that he just took a shine to, man. And, and we, 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 he, he would just let us do stuff. And, and, and Gary Gorby's classes always lasted for two hours. And the first hour was, was theory. And he, he had multiple blackboards. And when he was done in that first hour, them blackboards were just full of all kinds of stuff, you know. But, 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 but we, we always wanted hour number two because hour number two was lab. And that's when you, you, get, you, you, you get rid of the papers and, and you get the goggles on and you whip out the Bunsen burners and the test tubes and you put that stuff in there and see if what he just said would happen when you put this in there with that. I, I, I was in seventh grade and I had this wonderful biology teacher, an old spinster by the name of Pilchard, Elsa Pilchard. And, 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 and she dedicated her whole life, her whole life to teaching kids. And, and there was none of that mandatory retirement stuff. She was 75 when she taught me in seventh grade. And so my mom worked at the school. And so a lot of times I had to stay after everybody else went out. And, and, and one day uh, she, she, she knew I was going to be there. And she said, Harold, would you like me to, to help me clean out the chemical cabinet? And I said, yeah. So that's when you had all these beautiful oak cabinets and glass doors and all, all those glass bottles with ground glass stoppers and, and all of the solutions and the formulas were on the front in the glass. And it was just like just amazing stuff to me, man. I'm just looking at all this. And, and, and we're taking it all down and wiping it. And, and all of a sudden she pulls out this, this jar about this big around and that big and it had orange stuff looked almost like motor oil and in the bottom of it was this brick and I said Mrs. Pilchard what is that she said sodium I said what you mean salt no 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 Harold real sodium she said come on I'll show you she took a she took a screwdriver and she sliced off I mean a little piece of that about half the size of a pencil eraser then she took 
a bunch of paper towels and she wrapped it in, in again and again these paper towels. She said, fill up that sink over there with water, Harold. And, and, and so I filled up this, this sink and, and, and she said, now throw that package in that water and come over here with me. And I threw that thing on it and it's floating on that water and we're on the other side of that room and, and she's giggling like a little schoolgirl. She said, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> All of a sudden, that paper started smoldering, then it started smoking, and something went boom, and water hit the ceiling. And it was like, whoa, here you go. <laughs> the next day, she was gone. <laughs> and I swiped half of that brick of sodium. And down, not far from where I lived, they called them the railroad trestles. All them railroads used to come from the coal mines. We would climb up on top of them trestles. And I, there was one that right where Buffalo Creek went into the higher river, and that's where all the suckers and the carp were. Thousands of them. You could see it when you got up on top. Just cabillions of them. Man, <laughs> I wrapped that block of sodium in a little bit of paper towel and just pitched that sucker over the side. <laughs> I don't know how high I was above the water. All I know is that water, rocks, mud, and suckers were way above my head, man. That dude went kaboom! And it was like, wow! <laughs> there, was, there was dead fish everywhere. And it was like, son of a gun, man. If I could just find where the bass were, I could, you know. If you ever heard Jerry Clower said, are you going to keep talking or fish with that thing with the dynamite? Same deal, man. It just, it just fascinated me. And, and when I got further along, and here's Gary Gorby, who's teaching us all that. And we loved lab. And, and to, to, really, we, 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 we kind of turned it all around here tonight. Because how, what, what? What is the components of a perfect heaven? There, 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 was, there was worship, there was word, and there was demonstration. And I think the three components to a real church service is the same thing. We need some worship, we need some word, and then we need to back away and say, okay, put the Bibles away. We don't, let, let, let's get up there around that altar. And let's see if that stuff that's in that book, those theories that that preacher's been yelling at and talking and teaching us, let's see if that stuff that he's been teaching us will really work. It's not enough just to have dead preaching. The letter killeth. It's the spirit that giveth life. There's just a move in so many circles to curtail, curtail worship and to make it milder and tamer. Oh, man, I, 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 I've asked people for years, in eternity, what kind of noise do you want to hear? Do you really think hell is going to be quiet? It's, it's, have you ever been in a prison? I've been in prison, man. Not because I did something wrong. I was there to pray or visit somebody. I, I, but, but, but I'm going to tell you what, with all that concrete, it's loud. They're screaming and they're yelling and there's radios blaring and there's TVs blaring and guards are yelling and the PA system is squawking and the, and the, and the inmates are just, are just going. I was, 
They, they used to have a, a, a mental institution in Pontiac. It looked like something from an Alfred Hitchcock movie. And I was asked to go there and pray for someone years ago. I'll never forget it. When I went in, they took the laces out of my shoes. They took my belt and wouldn't let me have my belt because they were afraid someone could use it to strangle. I, I kept, when those, when those those gates and those doors shut behind you. It was one scary, scary experience. And I went to the fifth floor in that place. And, 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 and it, it was just men that they, they, they were all in trouble. And not, not a one of them had a stitch of clothes on. They're all as naked as the day they were born. And they were all just walking around there. And I went to go find this one guy who, thank goodness, wasn't butt naked. And, uh, or I should say naked. And, uh, and, and, and so I, I started to pray for him and the presence of God came in that place. And, and, and that, that, that all of a sudden the guards are running up there saying, you, what, you got to get out of here. And I said, why? He said, can't you hear this? This place is going nuts. And all it was was spirits. The Bible said kingdom against kingdom. That's what's going on there. Power of God manifesting itself. And an enemy said, no, 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 no. We don't want any of that going on. The last time that happened, that guy that cut himself and lived in the tombs went back home to be a good dad and be a good husband. We don't want any of that deliverance stuff taking place. That, do you understand? It's, it, 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 look, look, look at the example of, 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 of Exodus and those people. It's, it's just, man, you you got that amazing story of, of, of Passover and that, that I was going to teach about it Sunday a little bit, but I'll, I'll do something else. Think about Passover. Passover is exclusively basically for, 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 for Israel. It's, it's a Jewish festival. Now they had some people that weren't Jews that they invited into their house, but it's just exclusively. Now what, what other culture celebrates Passover except for the Jews? It's, a, it's an Israel thing, okay? But 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 look, look how the Bible begins. The Bible begins with a solo. It begins with the Lord saying, "Where are you? Where are you? Where are you?" But go to the end of this book, and it's not a solo. It's a duet. It said, "The Spirit and the Bride are saying, come, 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 come." Because today, oh Jesus, we live on the other side of the cross. Don't you get it? Passover in its original form was just for one group, one culture, one nationality. But the Bible says he is our Passover. And it's not limited to just one culture or one color or one group of people. It's much bigger than that. Oh, Jesus. Look, look, I, I got to quit, but look at the ministry of Jesus. Look, look, look how, look how he began his ministry. It, it's, it's in Luke Chapter four, he, he comes out of the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost. He didn't get any more Holy Ghost. The Bible said he went into the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost. It said he came out full of the Holy Ghost. But it says this, he returned in the power of the Spirit. It's one thing to have it. It's another thing to operate in the power of the Spirit. Remember that scripture? According to the power that worketh in us. I don't care if you talk in tongues. And I really, really ex expect you that you should do that. That's mandatory. But there's something more than just getting the Holy Ghost. There is a place where we can learn to operate in the power of what God has placed inside of us. 
They give him the scroll of Isaiah. He reads. He reads the thing about Jubilee. Isaiah 61. Spear of the Lord is upon me. Acceptable year of the Lord. It's obvious that the first year in the ministry of Jesus was a Jubilee year in the land of Israel. And he rolls that thing up and gives it back to the high priest. And he said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What he's saying is, you are never going to have to wait 50 years again to get back what you lost. I'm Jubilee. I'm deliverance. Listen, the first message that Jesus preached was not, you need to be baptized in my name. And the second message he preached was not, you need to be filled with my spirit. I'm telling you, the first message he preached was deliverance, deliverance, deliverance. Merrill, Merrill Cornwell, Merrill Cornwell taught me this, and it's amazing. Study the book of Exodus. There's 40 chapters in the book of Exodus. And, 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 and basically, chapter 1 through, through chapter 17 is, 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 is Exodus, deliverance, okay? And starting at 18 through 20, they, they are there with, with, with at Mount Sinai. And through 24, where the law was given. But when you come to chapter 25, the next 16 chapters, 25 through 40, are all about the tabernacle, or what Merrill Cornwell calls church life. So he said, look at, look at the example, Harold. First of all, there's deliverance, and then you get instruction, and then you have the church life. You, 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 you ever seen what, what, what the three things that we keep promoting in this church? First of all, you need to love God, and then you need to learn the Word, and then you need to live the life. It's the same thing in the book of Exodus. There's a deliverance and then you get the rules and the law and then you have church life. And, and I, the whole thing begins with deliverance. It begins with deliverance. Amen. Before someone gets the Holy Ghost, they got to get delivered. Before someone gets baptized in Jesus' name, they got to get delivered from the shackles and the bonds. I was up till, I don't know, what was it, 10, 1030 the Monday night after prayer. Precious young people out there in, a, in, a, in what we call the hospitality room, just teaching, saying, asking me questions, just, just like little birds wanting to know the answer. There are some people said, ad nauseum, for goodness sakes, don't you know it? And, 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 but I, I, I watch new people and young people that are coming in this place right now, excited about death, burial, and resurrection, excited about learning that there's not three persons in a fictitious trio of gods, but rather there's one Lord and his name one. They're learning that kind of stuff. What is that? That's deliverance is what that is. Deliverance from their old religiosity, religious for deliverance from their old bonded, bound ways of thinking. Jesus, they, what, do you, what do you say? Oh, I, 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 I've given my life to try and teach the word of the Lord. I'll be trying to be the best messenger I can. I'm so grateful for Draylon and all these praise teams and all that. But the bottom line is, ladies and gentlemen, it's not enough to have good worship and good word. We need a warrior. We need a Michael ministry in the church to where we say we need a demonstration of the spirit and of the power of God. That is a real church service. Oh, we had a good Bible study. That's not a good church service. Man, we had good music. You should have heard the choir. That's not a good church service. A real Bible church service has got worship, word, and demonstration. Stand. In Jesus' name. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of an overcomer. Don't just clap. Clap and use your mouth. Why? Because this is the, this is the oven. This is the furnace. 
This is the incubator for the miraculous. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus' name. Do you understand where we are today? Today, three days later, this could have been Barry and Donna's funeral today. And tomorrow, we might have had to bury Joshua Blasick. But no, Barry and Donna are here tonight. Bruised up still, but they're here. Joshua is healthy, and God's been with them. We just lose track sometimes and take for granted with how merciful and how good and gracious God is to us again and again and again and again. There is never an excuse. There's never a time for you to come into this building and go, all right, preacher, give me your best shot. And if you're halfway decent, I'll put two bucks in the plate. No, no. Come into this house. Amen. Get through those gates with thanksgiving. Get into them courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. But we're going beyond the courts. We're going past the veil. We're going to get in the Holy of Holies. That's what we're after. Amen. There always ought to be thanksgiving in every service. There always ought to be worship that goes beyond that. But man, there's a place. (laughs) Hide you in the cleft of the rock. One more time. Lord Jesus, these are precious people. (laughs) These are precious people. For many of us, this is the fourth time we've been in church in four days. And we are grateful to be here again. Thanking you, Lord, for what you have done and what you are doing. We ask you humbly and sincerely, Lord, please, please, let our tongue cleave to the roof of our mouth if we forget your goodness. Dear Jesus, oh God. Amen. Amen. If there's anybody sick in this room right now, Lord, from my left to my right, from that sound booth up to this platform, I'm asking you to do a mass healing right now, Lord Jesus. I'm asking you to mend and repair. Your word says there wasn't a feeble one among them. In the name of Jesus. I'm asking you, Lord, right now, amen, equip us for the journey that lies ahead. Because at the other end of this journey, we're going to build you a tabernacle and you're going to dwell among us. In Jesus' name, we pray, praise, and thank you and call it done. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. In Jesus' name.